Monica. Welcome to your Leo Nation and uh, welcome again from Florida. I'm just so excited to be here. Like every day, every day, something cool happens. I know, I know. It's like, you know, a kid on Christmas and open your presents and after a while they wear off, maybe, but not so far. We're just loving it here. And uh, I mean, it's just, just fantastic. Um, it's just uh, such a difference from the hellhole that we escaped from. <laughs> And I got, I got friends there. Matter of fact, my guys uh, who each have faces for camera, for uh, for radio, so they're off screen right now, but behind the scenes right now, are st still stuck in California. Hope they can get out one day, but uh, not to dwell on that. I think that was our last episode. We talked a lot about that. I'm going to go back there. You know, I talk about, I talk about California. I talk about Newsom. I talk about the legislature there. For a reason, because it's chock full of nonsense, it's chock full of anti-Americanism, it's chock full of anti-law enforcement rhetoric and policies, it's chock full of corruption. It's everything America shouldn't be. So yeah, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to go back that well over and over and over, and I'm going to do comparisons because we need to do comparisons. We need to know what America can be in states like Florida, not just Florida, but states like Florida, and what America has to send it into in other states across this mm, once great, I guess still great some places, uh, nation. So, so speaking of governors and speaking of crazy governors, I'm sure many of you listening are aware of this radical in New Mexico. I had to think for a minute because I have so many things going through my mind. There's so much going on. And this has been a while, a month or so. And sometimes I have to sit back and 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 digest stuff and watch how things play out. I don't like jumping to conclusions. Of course, this was, was an easy one to jump on early on. And we only do a couple of shows a month so far. That's probably going to change. But so I have a lot of time in between shows to to digest things and to connect the dots. And today I want to connect the dots about the left, how it affects law enforcement in regards to guns, the Second Amendment, and really the schizophrenia in the Democrat Party and with the so-called anti-gun, I say so-called, it's an anti-gun movement, but it's only anti-gun when it suits their, their goals, their strategies. And this, of course, this is underlying. This is a, a this is, it, this is such a, a, an important characteristic to realize that it's attached to the left in this country, the Democrat. They don't have standards other than destroying American greatness, destroying the rule of law, attacking the rule of law, attacking our men and women in law enforcement. These are their, their, these are their strategies. And whatever gets them there, whatever achieves that goal is okay, including dishonesty and uh, manipulation, that's okay. This is what happens when you don't have standards, when you don't have, when you don't believe in, rules, when you don't believe in the rule of law, when you don't believe in principle, then you'll, like a flag in the wind, whatever suits you that day is what you'll lean to. So 
with that, let me jump into this with the governor of New Mexico. Again, I know many of you are aware of this, but I want to read an opinion piece from one of my heroes, a great American, Newt Gingrich. Newt wrote an article in uh, Fox News, an opinion article, obviously, a few days ago. And let me just let me dive into this. He does a great job of going point by point about what's behind this in, in New Mexico. And Newt talks about something I've been talking about. And that is the Democrats, the left, they don't believe in the rule of law. They believe in power. As a matter of fact, the title of the article is Attack on Gun Rights in New Mexico Teaches This Crucial Lesson About Democrats and Power. Here are five takeaways from the New Mexico governor's radical and appalling attack on the Second Amendment. So here we go. I said this is a few a handful of days ago. When New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan or Lujan Grisham unconstitutionally banned the carrying of firearms in Bernalillo County, citing a quote unquote public health emergency. Gee, when have we heard that before? And when have we seen that used to oppress people and to curtail our rights? Public health emergency. It was a reminder of what we learned about liberal politicians during the COVID-19 pandemic. I actually had forgotten that was in there. I read this article last night, and it's exactly what I was talking about. First, when they have power, they think they are above the law. They casually issue dictatorial orders that implement the prejudices without regard to the Constitution. They represent the rule of power instead of the rule of law. The law, rule of law is supposed to be blind, ladies and gentlemen, blind, impartial, objective. You know, like I was sworn to uphold 37 years ago when I became a police officer. Second, like much of their left-wing ideology, they base their decision on phony information and false analysis. There is no evidence that honest citizens carrying weapons are dangerous, and that is a fact. Look up the stats from the DOJ. Look up the stats for people who actually have CCWs as opposed to people who don't, and you let me know which group is safer. There's all the evidence that criminals don't care about the law. The governor would have disarmed the innocent while doing nothing to impact lawbreakers. Third, they often exempt themselves and their own behaviors from their rules. Hmm, i.e. Gavin Newsom going out to dinner with his entire family and staff when everybody else is locked down and couldn't walk in to get a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Yeah, stuff like that. For example, the governor, by the way, this is me editorializing. That's not an article. I'm sure you figured that out. For example, the governor decreed that innocent citizens could not carry their own weapons, but her security force could have guns when no one else was allowed. See, this is a such a great example. Someone with a CCW have to go through a background check. Maybe some states they have to go through training, things like this, just like her security team. What's the difference? But she's going to enact this temporary ban on CCWs for the average citizen, but her team of security personnel are exempt. 
Jeez, you know why? Because she's more important than you and I are. She's more important than her subjects in New Mexico. She's more important. And the rules don't and shouldn't apply to her in her small mind. Fourth, they will impose their will and ideology on citizens, whether they are gun owners, concerned parents, or people who want to live their lives and be left alone. When the rest of us disagree with the left, the left uses the power of government to coerce us against our will. Fifth, when concerned, they will simply lie and assume that the public is too dumb or the news media is too timid to contradict them. Governor Grisham carried this pattern to new levels of lunacy with her gun ban. Amy Swearer captured just how crazy the governor is in the Heritage Foundation's Daily Signal. This is a quote. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan, Lujan Grisham last week accomplished a feat that few politicians have ever come close to managing. She issued a gun control order so outrageous that it received an overwhelming bipartisan rebuke and left gun control activists speechless, Swearer wrote. The order is insanely unconstitutional. Grisham doesn't seem to care. Yes, you read that correctly. It is not just unconstitutional. It's insanely unconstitutional. No sane, sober, or prudent governor has, who has read the Constitution or even spent five minutes reading the Cliff Notes version of Second Amendment case law would issue such an order with any inkling of hope that it might pass constitutional muster. Such an excellent point. Anybody listening to this podcast, any 10-year-old can read the Second Amendment, can, can read any number of legal opinions and realize what she did in New Mexico is blatantly unconstitutional, but she doesn't care. I hope this sinks in. This is a chief executive. She's the chief law enforcement officer in her state. Think about the regular patrol officer, who's also an executive, a patrol officer swore to uphold the law. What if he or she decided, just on a whim, that they are not going to enforce that law, but they are going to enforce that law, or they're going to arrest somebody for something they think should be illegal when it's actually not? They'd be violating the Constitution or certainly state or local law, she did it as the head of her state, the chief law enforcement executive, the chief executive of her state. This is how blatant this is. This is how important this behavior is. They don't give a damn. They do what they want to do to make the political impact they want to have with complete disregard from the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. I talk about these things because this is the underlying problem with the rule of law in this country with our law enforcement agencies it's not the patrol officer it's the so-called leaders of these agencies it's the executives in these in these states and at our national level the american people reject the grisham anti-free citizen bias as scott rasmussen reported in a poll done by rmg 52% of voters say that banning private ownership of guns so that only police and other government officials have them would make Americans less safe. 
36% say it would make Americans safer. I don't know where the other, I don't know, 12%, I guess they can't read. Should have an opinion on this. Furthermore, Rasmussen reported that by a margin of 52 to 34%, voters would rather live in a community where people are allowed to own guns than in one where guns are outlawed. That's 52 to 34%. And again, you have some brain to people who don't have an opinion on this. The unconstitutional law-breaking public opinion-defying governor of New Mexico was just one more example of how out-of-touch big government socialists are with the American people. On virtually every issue, the radical left is determined to use power of government to force people to do what it wants, regardless of their views. The left regularly violates President, uh, President Abraham Lincoln's principle that we are for government of the people, by the people, and for the people. The New Mexico governor's assault on the Second Amendment is just one more reminder of how radical the left has become. The left, a.k.a. the Democratic Party. The Democrat Party is the left. The left is the Democratic Party. Democrat Party, I hate to say that, but it's just true. And how much it devote, uh, its devotees want to force you to obey regardless of the law. I kind of cut that up with my uh, editorializing. So why do I read that article? Well, I read that, that, that opinion piece, not an article. I read that opinion piece to you. First of all, it stands on its own merit. It stands by itself. It's excellent. Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich is a brilliant guy, and I admire him greatly. Did a lot of great things for this country. But I read this as an, it's kind of an intro, an underlying or a foundational part of this podcast not only about the the left's anti-gun mentality, but as important or maybe even more important is their their, their manipulation, their schizophrenic behavior about this. Again, they're only anti-gun when it fits their broader agenda. Of course, that's to disarm citizens in this country. That is to leave guns only in the hands of criminals and, of course, in government officials and their private security teams. So that came from Fox News, where Newt wrote that, obviously a very conservative guy. But what I want to do is, just so you know, I'm even-handed here, I want to go to another gentleman, and he is an opinion writer. He wrote an opinion article in the Los Angeles Times, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Slimes, or a lot of slimes. There's a lot of slimy papers out there, publications. His name is Harry Littman. And he wrote this, this piece, again, in the LA Times recently. Let me read this to you. Remember I, I was talking a minute ago about, you know, 52% and 34% or whatever it is. I go, where are the rest of the people on, on this issue? I mean, do they not have an opinion? I, I mean, obviously not. But if you know anything about American history, anything about the Constitution, anything about the Bill of Rights, anything specifically about the Second Amendment, it just seems to me you'd have some opinion. So these people must be terribly ignorant about the importance of the impact of the Second Amendment, not to mention the Bill of Rights in general. Now, anybody who reads this stuff you can have your own opinion about it, but you really just, I guess you can, 
but you shouldn't change the facts. You shouldn't manipulate what is obvious. So this fellow here in the LA Times, his opinion piece, does just that. And I'm going to prove it to you. Now, why am I reading an opinion piece about this knucklehead who, you know, in, in the LA Times? I'm reading it to you because he's in the media. And the media now, for the most part, is part of the left. It's part of the anti-law enforcement movement. It's part of the hate America movement. I'm sorry. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry that's reality. I'm not sorry to say it. I am sorry it's reality. But this is all part of the same cabal, ladies and gentlemen. When you're reading information, talk about disinformation. I'm going to read it to you right now. So anyway, I can sit here and ramble all day long. But listen to this. This is from Littman. Hunter Biden was charged Thursday. By the way, this is a couple of weeks old. This was charged Thursday with three felonies related to lying on a 2018 application to buy a gun. But it's hard not to conclude that his true offense is being the son of a president whom Republicans are hell-bent on vilifying and defeating. Okay, right away, instead of dealing with the charges themselves, the alleged violation by Hunter Biden, he deflects and says the only reason this is so important that you listen to this, the only reason that Hunter Biden is being prosecuted it's because Republicans hate his father. It has nothing to do whatsoever with Hunter Biden. This is disgraceful. It's dishonest right from the start. Oh, but it gets better. The indictment largely, largely relies on Biden's false claim, at least he admits the false claim, that he was not using illegal drugs when he applied to purchase a firearm. In fact, he was then in the depths of the cocaine addiction that drove a series of travails that Republicans continue to weaponize against his father. Now, again, this is not about the, my bigger point here, but I just can't help myself. That his cocaine addiction, it, it, it led to a drove, a series of travails. Travails sound like accidents and just kind of missteps. Hunter Biden, well, we know about Hunter Biden. The guy is twisted and sick enough to actually document his own behavior on countless hours of video and audio and, and emails. We know what this guy has done, but this is how twisted this writer, the writer of this opinion piece is. The Justice Department had previously negotiated a plea agreement with Biden that included a gun charge following some five years of investigation by David Weiss, Trump's U.S. attorney for Delaware, whom President Biden allowed to remain in office in a departure from standard procedure. That's a lie, too. That's not a departure from standard procedure. That happens all the time, ladies and gentlemen, where an incoming president will leave a number of the previous administration's U.S. attorneys and prosecutors in place. Not always, but it's not a departure. So dishonest. And by the way, just because someone is a Trump appointee doesn't mean that they're going to think a certain way one way or another. Matter of fact, they're supposed to be right down the middle and just look at the law. Anyway, I digress. Hunter Biden agreed to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax offenses and enter a pretrial diversion under which a felony gun charge would be dropped if he stays in the straight and narrow for two years. 
Such agreements are a fairly common means of disposing of less serious charges. Now I'm telling you, I want you to stand by. Remember what I read there, that these are fairly common means of disposing, that these lying on a federal uh, gun purchase form is no big deal, so forth and so on. The plea deal unraveled for unusual reasons having nothing to do with Biden. That's a lie. The parties in, imprudently included provisions that gave a judge legitimate misgivings about whether she was being called on to participate in a determination that Biden would not be prosecuted on other charges. Another misrepresentation on other charges. That original plea deal, ladies and gentlemen, was that he would be he would be prosecuted on no other charges, not others, no further charges from this investigation. That's what that plea deal was. That's why it was so important. And that's why this was thrown out by a subsequent judge. That's why it wasn't about some other charges that he was not going to be prosecuted on any other charges stemming from this investigation. You talk about something unheard of, that's unheard of. The agreement was therefore taken off the table to allow for uh, renegotiation, but that provided an opening for a firestorm of protests on Capitol Hill from Donald Trump's allies, from Donald Trump's allies. It, it, was, it was protested by anybody who believed in the rule of law and consistency in the rule of law, which is pretty much the same thing. As I explained at the time, however, the general outlines of the agreement amounted to a sensible resolution of a case that the Justice Department could well have lost at trial. Listen very carefully. As I explained at the time, this writer, however, the general outlines of the agreement amounted to a sensible resolution of a case that the Justice Department could well have lost at lost at trial. In other words, he's saying that letting this felony charge go away for two years, that was reasonable. This was common, fairly common, as he said earlier in this piece. Not true. And stand by, ladies and gentlemen, stand by because the truth is coming. It has since become even more obvious that all the rancor over the deal, rancor over the deal, was aimed at the president himself, whom extremists in Congress whipped up by Trump are spoiling to impeach. The Republicans have nothing of substance to impeach Biden for, and blah 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 blah. I can read on and on and about that. He puts in this article because this is about deflecting from the reality of Hunter Biden's transgressions, his legal transgressions, his breaking of the law. So when you scroll down here, I'm going to try to cut out some of this for you, but I'm trying to keep everything in context. The clearest sign that something really stinks here, again, this is this guy Littman writing this, the clearest sign that something really stinks here is that the charges Weiss brought are rarely pursued for their own sake. I'll read it again. The clearest sign that something really stinks here is that the charges Weiss brought are rarely pursued for their own sake. The charges of lying on that form about the purchase of a firearm, specifically, no, I'm not a drug addict. He said, no, I'm not on that form. The department 
does bring such charges against defendants who use improperly obtained firearms to commit other crimes. Now, although this can be related, yes, you illegally purchase a firearm and then you or obtain a firearm, you use it in a crime. Yeah, they're related, but they're still two separate violations of the law. The illegal purchasing, the illegal obtaining of a firearm, that is a crime in and of itself. This person here doesn't seem to understand that. It is a felony to do what Hunter Biden did, regardless if he uses the gun subsequently in a crime or in any other capacity. What he did is a federal crime by itself. Now, this guy is saying that it, it, they rarely get prosecuted unless the gun is used in a crime or some illegal way. Talk about disinformation. I don't even like that word because it's been it's been used against law-abiding citizens in this country uh, nonstop for the last several years. But this literally is, to, this is a lie what this guy's writing here. The department does, does bring such charges against defendants who improperly obtain firearms to commit other crimes. And in one or two instances, prosecutors appear to have used such charges against defendants whom they knew to be particularly dangerous. But this indictment over an isolated lie by a relatively harmless firearm applicant seems to be without precedent. This is what this guy says. By the way, he calls Hunter, Bar Hunter Biden harmless, other, in, in, in other words, not in other words. In one or two instances, prosecutors appear to have used charges against defendants whom they knew to be particularly dangerous. But this indictment over an isolated lie by a relatively harmless firearm applicant seems to be without precedent. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and pass on the rest of the article. There's more there. And there, I put a bunch in red here. I'm going to leave it alone for a minute. Because I want to cut to the chase here about exactly how manipulative or at the very, very least, how wrong this guy is about what he wrote. So as soon as I can configure my computer out here, I'll get to it. I have this pulled up here for you someplace. Here we go. So remember, go back and rewind this. Listen to what this guy read about how rarely these things are prosecuted. What a minor offense this was. Unless people are using these illegally obtained firearms and other crimes, they don't get prosecuted. These are all the things he put in this article. And why is it important? Because this is the same type of propaganda you're hearing from the left when something serves their purpose. It's only a crime if your average American citizen or God forbid a conservative or God forbid a white male conservative engages in certain behavior. But if their guy engages in certain behavior, it's no big deal. It's no big deal with the feds. It's no big deal with opinion pieces. It's no big deal with the news media, the mainstream media. It's no big deal. Well, let me tell you what the Department of Justice in this case actually wrote, not in this specific case, but what I'm going to read to you came from the Department of Justice 
U.S. Attorney's Office, Western District of Oklahoma, this is January 10th of this year, 2023, Robert Troster, United States Attorney, federal prosecutors aggressively pursuing those who lie, L-I-E, lie in connection with firearm transactions. Oklahoma City, the Western District of Oklahoma is aggressively seeking to keep firearms out of the wrong hands by pursuing those who lie in connection with gun purchases. Several recent cases charged in federal court highlight these efforts. Now, folks, I'm going to read these two. I'm going to read them all to you. And the reason is, if I can find this literally in 60 seconds, I just Googled federal prosecution of falsifying gun applications. Bam. Do you think that gentleman who I just referenced from Los Angeles Time Opinion piece could have done the same thing? What was it? Was he too lazy? Was he willfully ignorant? Or did he read this piece I'm going to read, this press release, and lie about it? Which one? I don't know. You make the call. And if he's doing this, if he's doing that, who else in the media? Who else at the highest levels of government? What other governor in this country is engaging in this type of behavior? Ask yourself that. And why can't they Google what I Google? I'll tell you why. Because they have an agenda. And their agenda is not the rule of law. It is not the objective enforcement of law. It is manipulation. And it is a hunt for power and control. So, federal law prohibits knowingly making any false statement in connection with purchasing or attempting to purchase a firearm. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives require prospective firearms buyers to complete ATF Form 4473. This form requires buyers to answer several questions, including those about the buyer's competency, criminal history, drug use, immigration status, and history with domestic violence. Applicants who knowingly make false statements may also face criminal prosecution for a felony and up to 10 years in federal prison. Federal firearms license, FL, uh, FFLs, licensees, I'm sorry, federal firearms licensees who sell or transfer a firearm to a prohibited person allow a straw purchaser to buy a gun for someone else or fail to keep proper records of who they sell firearms to may also face criminal prosecution. Before attempting to purchase a firearm, prospective buyers who have allegedly, I'm sorry, who have eligibility concerns should visit www.contractor. Okay, I read that intro part for you, just give you some background about how serious the DOJ takes these violations, no matter who you are, and had nothing to say about what you do with the gun subsequent to your legal purchase or legal obtaining of a gun. It talks only in this case about falsifying the application. So I'm going to scroll down here a little bit and cut right to the chase. The following recent cases brought in federal court are examples of efforts in the Western District to hold defendants accountable for making false statements in connection 
with the attempted purchase or purchase of a firearm or related offenses. And there are a few here, but I want you to stand by and listen carefully and realize what this guy who I just read his opinion article, what he does not want you to know when he writes an opinion article. This is what he and the mainstream media do not want you to know about Hunter Biden and about anybody else who they think they need to protect who's on their side. Sentencings. Amy Carwile, 46, and Kevin Carwile, 48, both the Purcell, Oklahoma, were sentenced on August 3rd, 2022, to serve three months in federal prison. According to public record, the Carwiles were engaged in the business of selling firearms and dating back to 2012, they made false statements and failed to maintain proper records in connection with their firearms business. Transaction records indicate that the Carwiles had sold approximately 253 firearms through their off-the-books operation. Records further reflect law enforcement seats 112 firearms that were to be sold without completing the appropriate and required paperwork. The federal firearms license to sell firearms has been revoked. Now, people say, oh, my God, yeah, okay, I get it, Mark. They're selling firearms, they're falsifying all kinds of documents, and they're not keeping records of what they sold, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they deserve what they get. I get that, but I'm just giving you this just so you get the big picture. There's more. Eddie Wayne Morrison, 34, of Duncan, Oklahoma, was sentenced to to time served, or essentially 16 months in federal custody on December 29th, 2022. For what? Selling a lot of firearms like the Carwiles did? No. For making a false statement during the purchase of a firearm. I'll read it again for Mr. Littman's, uh, from the LA Times, for Mr. Littman's sake, because apparently he doesn't know how to research. Duncan, 34, Oklahoma, was sentenced to time served about 16 months in federal custody on December 29, 2022, for making a false statement during the purchase of a firearm. According to public record, Morrison purchased a firearm from Easy Pawn in Duncan. Prior to purchasing a firearm, Morrison had been deemed incompetent by a court. He was also subject to a protective order in Love County. A judge had ordered Morrison detained in federal custody since August 12, 2021 until sentencing. Sentencing. He is currently serving uh, two years supervised release after his 16-month sentence. How about this? Guilty pleas. Heriberto Flores, 29, Oklahoma City, pleaded guilty on April 5, 2022 to illegal possession of ammunition as a convicted felon. Now, get this. He was convicted of possession of ammunition, not even a gun. According to public record, Flores was at an Oklahoma City fairgrounds. By the way, this is very interesting. Going back to one of my previous podcasts about about the, the gun show loophole, which is a bunch of BS. According to public record, Flores was at an Oklahoma City fairgrounds gun show with uh, another individual, Haley Atkinson where officers observed the two looking at different handguns. Law enforcement pulled over Flores after he left the gun show and found him in possession of ammunition. At sentencing, Flores faces up to 10 years in federal prison. Now, again, 
I know he's a convicted felon, but he was in possession of ammunition and looking at 10 years in federal prison. Haley, his partner there, she pleaded guilty in August of 2022 for what? Making a false statement during a firearms transaction. According to public record, Atkinson was observed completing paperwork regarding the purchase of firearm at Oklahoma City Fairgrounds gun show. Again, she was filling out paperwork, obviously illegally. She was falsifying it. But yes, you have to go through a background check at a gun show before you can get a firearm. So there's no gun show loophole. At Oklahoma City Fairgrounds Gun Show, after looking at different firearms with Flores, Atkinson was scheduled to take possession of six firearms at the vendor store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. At sentencing, Atkinson faces up to 10 years in federal prison. For what? For falsifying the application for the gun. Faces up to 10 years. There's no talk here of a plea deal down to a misdemeanor, all that crap. None of that. Does this sound like unusual to you? This sounds like a trend to me. This sounds like the feds take this stuff seriously. By the way, there are at least five more examples of here on this on this uh, press release from the DOJ about falsifying. I'm looking at it right now. Falsifying during a purchase of a, of a firearm. It goes on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so important when it comes to the law enforcement officer, because there are people out there who want you to believe things that are simply not true. And if you give in to this stuff, if you are intellectually lazy, if you think that what's happening with Hunter Biden or other people that we see in the media with these, and I'll use the I'll I'll use the uh, cliche these sweetheart deal deals. If you think it's normal, then you're smoking something that Hunter Biden is very used to. That's all I can say. It's so important to our law enforcement community to know that there is manipulation by people in charge, whether it's the federal government, whether it's this administration whether it's the governor in, in uh, uh, New Mexico, whether it's, it's Slick Newsom in California, these people do not have respect for our law enforcement profession. They do not respect the rule of law. They respect the rule of power. And when you look at the contradiction between what this guy in the LA Times says in his opinion piece with what the federal government itself says, when you see the contradiction, how can anybody believe that we are not experiencing a, a complete separation from reality when it comes to when it comes to our Second Amendment and when it comes to enforcing the laws objectively? You know, it's funny. I said, talk about the Democrat and the leftist being schizophrenic on this stuff. They're only schizophrenic again because they're not grounded in any principle except for what's good for them. That's the only principle they care about. Just the other day, and thank you. Thank you, Anthony and Vince back there in the background. Just before we came on, started this podcast, 
they let me know. I didn't know about uh, this task force that the Biden administration just just started about uh, gun safety, gun violence, and reducing gun violence. And who do you think that our illustrious leader, Joe Biden, put in charge of this, this effort? Yes, the former Attorney General of California, now Vice President Kamala, Kamala, Cami Harris. This is the same woman who was in charge of the border, and now we have about 10,000 people a day crossing the border, yes, illegally. Watch this, and by the way, go read, go take a look at this task force that they put together, and go look at the platitudes that are in the press release that I, I read and some statements from, from the administration I read right before we started this podcast. Go look at it yourself. And I want you to look at this, this attack on firearms possessions, what it is, and see if you can find anything, anything in there that rela relates to dealing with where the gun violence is occurring. That if they're going to address the issues in Washington, D.C., in Chicago, in Atlanta, Los Angeles, let's see if they target that, those areas. I doubt it. Again, what this is, it's an attack on your ability to lawfully and constitutionally possess and bear firearms. That's all this is. And the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, these are the footings, the, the moorings of our freedoms. These are two of the Bill of Rights that our law enforcement officials are sworn to uphold and defend and there are people out there in places of power who are working every single day, every single day, to undermine those freedoms, those rights guaranteed us by our founding fathers, the Constitution, specifically the Bill of Rights. So go look at yourself. I hope, hope Mr. Littman will take a look at what I just read to you today. And I thank you for listening. I'm going to stay on this this effort to expose and to highlight the shenanigans that are happening from the top down, ladies and gentlemen, our law enforcement officers, our men and women out there, the men and women I know here, thank God for the men and women in this county here in Florida. I know the sheriff. I know some other officials here. These men and women not only do they do their job brilliantly, here in this region of Florida, but they are supported like no one, like no group of law enforcement officers I've ever ever seen from the top down, from government in this county, the sheriff, the citizens. They are supported. I am so proud of them. I'm so grateful to be here. This is what law enforcement should look like in every town and every city and every county and every state this is what law enforcement should look like and it can look like 
if our law enforcement officers get the support and they are allowed to enforce the law as prescribed by the Constitution, as prescribed by their state laws, the laws that I hope are not biased like California is becoming. So, becoming has become. Anyway, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you the best. I love this country. I want to see our glory days return. I think we have great days ahead of us. Those great days cannot be realized unless we have a robust, supported law enforcement community. I'm working to make sure that happens. I hope you do. Please support our charity. The Leo Project is right there on the tab on our, our, our website. God bless you all. Looking forward to our next podcast. Stay strong. God bless you. God bless America. Bye.